number of announcements that I want to make. Um, a lot of announcements in the bulletin. Please be look over them. The thank offering coming up. Membership class today, once again, uh, will be meeting. Uh, we will try to go through first in line so we can go to the class and start beginning our, our lesson. Then also, uh, today is our Thanksgiving dinner, uh, fellowship dinner, so please uh, participate. Uh, uh, there's plenty of food if you're a guest, uh, so uh, please stay around and enjoy that. Also, there will not be any pictures today. Chrissy is away and Ron and Isaac, uh, so for the directory. Uh, but anyways, they will resume next week. As we have said before, uh, if you are a person who is a guest, uh, quite often here in the congregation, please uh, also get your picture taken. We'd like to put you in the directory. Also, Diane Biden's situation on the 17th, note that as well. And also, uh, we still need performers in terms of the Christmas program. So uh, we need those. Uh, so if you have a hidden talent that you want to show, please feel free to do that. Uh, and participate in that. Also today, uh, during the, after the dinner, uh, the, uh, they want me to tell you that uh, uh, to take home pumpkins, <laughs> okay, after that, so that uh, you can enjoy them as well. So anyways, after the, after the dinner. So they want to, them all out of here. <laughs> Let's come together in silent meditation. Let us stand. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. Congregation, our first hymn is number 302. Number 302 in the red Trinity Hymn.
Father, we come before thee knowing that thou art the one who gives to us life in Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is the Alpha and the Omega. We ask, O Lord, that you would bless us in him from beginning to end, that we would share in his glory by the privilege of thy grace for what he has accomplished for us in his death and resurrection. O Lord, our God, may our worship be a sweet, savored unto thee the day. Amen. You may be seated. For the revelation of God's will, if you wish, you can turn to number uh, to Isaiah chapter 56. Going to be reading verses 9 through 12. Isaiah chapter 56, verses 9 through 12. All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all without knowledge. They are all silent dogs. They cannot bark. Dreaming, lying down loving to slumber. The dogs have a mighty appetite. They never have enough. But they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way, each to his own gain, one and all. Come, they say, let us get wine. Let us fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow will be like this day, great beyond measure. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, prophet here speaks of the leaders of Israel, those who are to be shepherds over the flock of the congregation of the Old Testament church. He speaks of their wickedness, their turning to themselves that they themselves are there puffed up in wisdom in their own power. We ask, O oh God, that as we stand before thee today, that we would understand that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in need of good shepherds. It continues from age to age those who will not turn to their own way for their own gain, 
but will only set their eyes upon the cross and the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is only his name by which we are saved. We ask, O oh God, that you would bless thy people here in our own confession and repentance before thee in our own hearts. For we know that we are not righteous before thee on our own, but we only have Christ Jesus as our righteousness. Keep us in his love and his grace. In Christ's name, amen. For the assurance of pardon, I'm turning to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading verses 7 through 10. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by no means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let us come together in singing. Let us remain seated and sing number 56, number 56.
we come together in prayer this morning, besides the families that are on the bulletin to pray for, there are some continuing earnest concerns. Debbie Donovan's father, they have found cancer in him. We want to be praying for Debbie and the family and for her father through this very difficult time. And also, in terms of Lynn Brown's mother, they have discovered that the cancer or the tumor is not being reduced. So it is new issues for them as a family as well, for the Brown family, so we want to be thinking of them. These things have come about in the last week, and so I ask all of you as church members to be in earnest prayer for these families that has come together in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we, we lift up our hearts to Thee, knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ, as our high priest, has condescended into the creation and covenant bond with Thy people. The path that He has taken is to fortify and secure and assure His children of the blessings of glorious heaven. We thank thee, O Lord, for the work of Christ. We thank thee that he is the head of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we have confidence in him wherever the word is preached and proclaimed, that thy people will continue to be edified and strengthened for the day of his glory. We ask, O oh Lord, that as we understand, we must completely, again, completely come under the rubric of understanding that we are a suffering body in this world, that we are on a pilgrim journey. Our home is not here. Our home is with Thee. The re our residence is with Thee forever and ever, an inheritance that we did not deserve, but an inheritance in which Christ has secured for us by coming to the earth and coming and giving his life so preciously to each one of us. Yes, we come this morning without money, without that which can buy. We come as those who know that grace has been poured out to us. That is the church in which Christ is the head. It is the one in which he has purchased in terms of our salvation. So, Lord, help us to not have any other hope in life but the hope that is found in Christ and the inheritance of his kingdom. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to bless the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we think of the things that are going on within our own denomination. We think of Stephen and Catalina Payson in Uruguay. They have gotten settled in. They've come in as missionary associates there. 
And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would build, help build that church and that they would be wonderful servants to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would give of themselves in terms of the suffering gospel that is on this world unto others and that we would see the increase of thy people within that congregation. We ask that you'd be with Nate and Anna Strom in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. We ask that you'd be with them as they praise your name for the purchase of a new building. Now they ask, O oh Lord, that they would have the strength and the power and that they would go forth with the voice of evangelism in, ter in, in terms of their community. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them in terms of the ministry there in that community. We ask, O oh Lord, that you be with Ryan Woods. We ask you to be with his ministry in Colville, Washington. We ask that you'd be with the saints that are in his congregation. He asks that they would grow deeper and deeper in the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would learn to bear one another's burdens and invest deeply in each other's spiritual care. And we ask, O oh God, that that would be on display among themselves, but also to the outside world in terms of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and how the gospel is lived. We ask that you be with those who are single in our congregation. We ask that you continue to provide for them in terms of their own life. We ask your good providence upon them, Although they may be wonderful, think, thanking thee in terms of the freedom that they have in Christ, also, O oh Lord, that journey that they are taking, they are taking in one in which they want to glorify the Lord their God. Bless them and bless their lives. We thank thee for Pete and Cheryl Hamas. We are so thankful to hear the news this week that Cheryl's medical test came back with no negatives and actual had improvement in terms of her bone density with density we thank thee O lord for that and we ask also that you continue to provide strength for both of them and that they can do the work necessary each day in terms of the around the home and also that god will provide for their family and the increase and the increase of trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for Esther Huber. We thank thee for her life and her testimony within, within this congregation. We ask that you would continue to be over her in a way of protective care. We're thankful for her good health, and we ask that you would continue to bless her with that health. Esther continues to pray earnestly, as we need to also pray earnestly for her unsaved grandchildren. We ask that you would, in some way, bring the gospel to their hearts and that they would be lightened up and shine like, shining, like a shining light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would give to her wisdom and guidance through this coming year with her townhouse being put up for sale next summer. We ask that you would give, provide for her and provide for her good decisions in terms to where she is to live. We ask that you'd be with Debbie Donovan, and we ask that you'd be with her father in a mighty way. We hear of this situation where they have discovered the lung cancer. 
We ask that you'd continue to bless Debbie in terms of her own testimony to him and encouragement to him. Family members that can be also, that they would also at this time be such an encouragement to him. We ask that you would continue to preserve him in a wonderful testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the whole family at this time be given a kind of comfort and peace and also wisdom in terms of decisions that have to be made. We are thankful to hear that he remains in good spirits. We ask, O oh Lord, that that would continue. And we ask also that you be with the Brown family. We ask that you continue to be with Dave Brown's mother as she continues her journey of terminal cancer. We ask that you'd be with her in terms of her breathing problems and pain. Be with Dave and his sisters that they can navigate a peaceful agreement for the care of their mother. And we ask that you would give to her the continual secure hope of the Lord Jesus Christ that is in her life through this also this time. We ask, O Lord, also that you'd be with Lynn Brown's mother. We know that this news has been disappointing this week, and we ask, O Lord, that you would be with her and encourage her. We ask that you'd also be with her family as well. They pray especially for peace and strength and comfort and wisdom through this time. And then also that they, the Lord will be wonderful to, to both parents through this very difficult time of continual adjustment. We ask for good health for the family and all family through this time so that they can be with Lynn's mother and there's no disease that they can pass on to her and that they would have good health going into the Thanksgiving season so they can enjoy that together. We thank thee, O Lord, also for the Trantham's family and for their safe arrival in Huntsville. We're thankful for that, and we thank thee, O Lord, for, for healing Christopher from food poisoning. We thank thee that uh, they are doing well and that uh, things are going well in terms of unloading and also putting place, put the house together. We ask your blessing upon their lives. We place all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, let us stand and sing number 304. Number 304.
be seated. I have not done this very often in terms of Mark's gospel, in terms of our proceeding through Mark, but this morning I do want to read the parallel passage that is in Matthew's gospel. So I would like you to first turn to Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to read through verse 28. 28. The reason for this is because there is quite an interesting difference between both that I want to bring out in the message. So I thought having it before you might be helpful. Matthew 15, 21. Listen to the holy, infallible word of God. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Now, if you would, turn over to Mark's edition. Mark chapter 7, reading verses 24 through 30. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Seraphonician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she answered him, Yes, your Lord, Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed 
and the demon gone. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we are so thankful that the gospel goes forth into all the world. What a story, what a narrative that is before us to impress upon our minds how that gospel goes forth under the control, power, and authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we see it here this morning. In Christ's name, amen. The literary genius of the Holy Spirit upon the human author Mark provides a masterful picture of the glorious gospel that is found in the good news of our Savior. It seems in almost every message, I am challenging you to comprehend the flow of Mark's narrative that is before us, because the flow is so logical in his narrative. Yes, the Holy Spirit has just put before us, through his author Mark, the binding relationship between the human heart and the gospel. Mark's gospel is pushing us through the ministry of Jesus into the very essence of religion. You are being confronted with the core of what makes you as a person created in the image of the triune God a religious being. The Holy Spirit through Mark is not allowing you, the reader, to escape this most crucial point in your life. Is your heart ready for the fullness of the revelation of Jesus addressing the religious core of your person? The kingdom of God is inaugurated. We are in the eschaton. Our hearts are presently before the throne of God. Since the return of the apostles being sent out, Mark's narrative is intensifying the spiritual response of the human heart in light of the coming of Jesus. This intensification begins with Mark exposing the hearts of the disciples to be like unbelievers back in chapter 6, verse 52 and verse 50. In contrast to the disciples, Mark records the region of Gennesaret bringing their sick on their beds to have Jesus heal them. This element of faith is expressed by them touching the the fringe tassel of his garment. And everyone who touched the tassel were healed. At this point, the intensity and transparency of true religion picks up speed. Jesus now really confronts the Pharisees, the scribes from Jerusalem, and the elders 
about the human action of adding God's law to measure religious piety and subtracting or taking away from God's law in order to elevate human freedom over God's statutes of holy living. Both directions turn the true religion revealed by God in the Old Testament into a religion of man. Then the Holy Spirit through Mark reveals the very root and core of true religion. The exposure of what we truly worship in our hearts. There is no mystery. There is no mystery that what comes out of the human is the truth of one's religious worship. Your thoughts, your consciousness, your intuitions, your feelings, your passions, your desires, your imagination. Yes, Jesus goes right to the heart and right to the root of what concerns our hearts, the inner thoughts that control our sinful persons. None of us is free from any of those internal evil thoughts. None are righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No, not one. No one seeks for God. No, not one. At this point, although Mark clearly notes that the disciples' hearts are hardened and that they still do not understand the coming of Christ in his kingdom, in terms of the essence of religion, Christ continues to train and to teach his disciples who will become the apostles and the evangelists to carry the gospel into the world. And if there is any question, if there is any question about Christ's persistent teaching and training and patience with them, boom, comes our amazing text this morning. A Seraphonician Gentile woman. The opening verse about geography is crucial. Every, every detail is placed in the text by the Holy Spirit for spiritual and supernatural reasons. You do not want to pass over the location. Jesus is going into the region of Tyre and Sidon. So far, Jesus' ministry has taken place in the provinces that have a Gentile and Jewish mixed population. Capernaum, Gennesaret, which is the western side of the Sea of Galilee. And Gerasenes, the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. So far, Mark has accented a couple of biblical themes in Jesus' ministry. First, the gospel is going into Galilee of the Gentiles. And secondly, Paul's comment that the gospel is going to the Jew first and then the Gentile. The region of Tyre and Sidon are northwest to where Jesus is presently. Now, 
is the striking point. Jesus going into the region of Tyre and Sidon is an act of crossing the border out of the Jewish provinces. It is exclusively now, exclusively Gentile country. It is one thing that Jesus conducts his ministry where Jews and Gentiles are mixed in the crowd. But now he is going into a region that is viewed as exclusively Gentile, not Jewish. It is the only time in Mark's gospel that Jesus crosses the border into what is known as an exclusive Gentile region. Now notice how Jesus is presented here in this Gentile region. Go back to chapter 7, verse 19. The flow of the text is crucial in understanding what's going on here. Going back to 719, Jesus has declared all foods clean. As we pointed out in the message of that on that last week, the coming of the good news in Jesus is tearing down the division between the clean and unclean, as designated by various foods to point to the distinction between the Jews and the Gentiles or the nations. The coming of Christ dissolves the distinction, which is carried over to the Jew, clean, and the Gentile, unclean. The Jewish woman, clean. The Gentile woman, unclean. And also the land, Israel, clean, and the land of the nations, unclean. Notice there is no mention in our text this morning, in Mark's edition, this is why it was crucial to read both texts, of the disciples. Were the disciples with him? We know from Matthew's gospel that they were, Matthew 15, 23. Why does Mark not mention the disciples? But Matthew does. Because Mark has a strong focus throughout his gospel thus far upon Jesus as the one alone who inaugurates the gospel of transforming that which is unclean to become clean. This difference can be easily demonstrated concerning the two Gospels. Watch. In Matthew, the woman's daughter is, did you see that? Verse 22 of 15, Matthew, severely possessed by a demon. But, Mark accents that the woman's daughter is possessed by what? An unclean spirit. Verse 25. Mark wants his reader to be totally focused on the person and work of Christ. 
The disciples, remember at this point in Mark's gospel, still have no understanding. Since they have no understanding of the gospel at this point, Mark decides not to mention them. The focus here is on Christ. are told that she is a Canaanite woman prior to the mention of the demon, Matthew 15, 22. In Mark's gospel, there is no description of who the woman is prior to us being told her daughter is possessed by an unclean spirit. Verse 25 of Mark's gospel. Why? Because the real battle for the spreading of the gospel within the exclusive borders of the Gentile nations is the battle between the ultimate contrast of cleanliness and uncleanliness. Between the spotless, unblemished Lamb of God, who is clean, and the one who is a liar from the beginning, Satan himself, who is unclean. The battle until the consummation of Christ's kingdom is spiritual and supernatural. Now, Mark can give us, at this point, now he can give us the description of the woman. She is a Gentile, an unclean woman who has a daughter possessed with an unclean spirit that is possessed by Satan. Going further, she is even a Seraphonician by birth, meaning that she is by birth a Greek Hellenized citizen of the Phoenician Republic of Tyre. Seraphonicia belongs to the province of Syria, not Israel. The Jewish historian Josephus gives even more helpful insight into the drama of Jesus going into Tyre at this point. Josephus writes that the people of Tyre was, and I quote, notoriously the Jews' bitterest enemies. Jesus is going into a very hostile environment. And yet this Gentile woman immediately came and fell at the feet of Jesus. In terms of her action, she's a very brave soul. <laughs> she falls at the feet of a Jew and asks for help for her demonic possessed daughter. Oh, in the provinces of Israel, the Pharisees, the scribes, the elders, 
no faith in them. Mark is presenting, as we have already repeatedly said, he is presenting the disciples that still lack understanding and their unbelief. There is some faith being displayed by the crowd, but with, well, but will Jesus in the region of Tyre and Sidon, will Jesus find true, genuine faith outside the borders of Israel and inside the border of, Gentile, of a Gentile nation? Well, the woman falling powerless before Jesus begs Jesus to take the demon out of her daughter. The comment that Jesus makes to the woman is quite derogatory. It's quite condescending. In fact, it is downright rude. If you have a romantic view of Jesus... By this I mean that Jesus is always loving, kind, compassionate, and sensitive to people. Then Jesus' comment here is going to shatter your understanding of him. And if you read Matthew's edition of the story, then your image of Jesus may really be shattered. For scholars are in agreement that Matthew presents Jesus as extremely harsh in his edition, referring to verse 23 of Matthew 15, 24, and 26. Well, (laughs) with our focus on Mark's narrative, Jesus responds to her request in parabolic language. Note that. In parabolic language, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Verse 28 of Mark's gospel. There's chapter 7. The tone of Jesus' one-sentence parable is negative, offensive, and suggests that Jesus has no intention to help her. Now think here. Think here. First, as you look at the statement of Jesus, (laughs) what does the sentence have to do with demon possession? That might strike you right away. (laughs) And then second, you talk about offending someone. Jesus is calling her a dog. For the Jews, a dog is an unclean animal. As a matter of fact, in that section, even in pagan cultures, the dog is an unclean creature as well. So to refer to a human being as a dog is deliberately offensive. Herein Jesus is steeped in the history of redemption. Jesus is referencing the Gentiles as dogs as opposed to the children who represent Israel. 
we need to take a deep breath here and really see how Jesus is in complete control of this story. Jesus' hostile comment to the woman is directed to expose what is truly in her heart. The theme, you see, how Mark's narrative is progressing. What is truly in her heart? Jesus' one-sentence parable is not meant to be offensive because he hates the woman or that he is disgusted with her actions. Rather, he is being offensive to test her. To test her. How will she really react with Jesus being negative in her face? With such an offensive statement or comment, will she stand firm, convicted in her heart that the one being hostile towards her is Lord? Verse 28. Or as Matthew records, calling Jesus, she calls Jesus O Lord, Son of David, verse 22 of Matthew 15. Amazingly, the woman gives no indication that she is offended at all by the parable. Amazing. In fact, to repeat, She responds, calling Jesus, Lord. Look at 28. Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. What a response. Please note that unlike the disciples... Jesus does not remove the woman from the crowd to be alone with her to explain the parable. Let that sink into your mind. What has happened so far with every parable that the disciples have been present? Jesus has to take them away and withdraw them from the crowd and explain the parable. Not with this woman. Not with this woman. Amazing. Jesus does not have to interpret the imparable to her. Rather, she responds to the parable on her own, which reveals an incredible heart of faith and understanding of Jesus' point. She may not understand the full meaning of Jesus' parable, but she grasps the parable enough 
that she sees herself, her own life, in the parable, if you will, in the text, in the words that Christ said, that she is an unclean dog under the table that would love, love to even eat just the crumbs, just the crumbs from the bread given to the children that fall on the floor. And it is because, it is because of the woman's statement of response that Jesus informs her that the demon has left her daughter. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says that in terms of the removal, that it is faith, that it is faith. In Mark's gospel, notice in terms of what initiates the removal of the demon. It's her statement. Her statement. The disciples could never figure out the parables of Jesus. Jesus always had to interpret them. And yet, yet, this Gentile woman figures out exactly what Jesus is saying. I hope this is flooring you. (laughs) I'm hoping you're seeing how incredible and marvelous the story is. What a woman of faith. Remember the phrase that we've seen in Mark? This woman understands and listens. Understands and listens. The evangelist. Jesus Christ enters an exclusive Gentile region. He removes an unclean spirit of Satan in a woman, in this woman's daughter. The church is being told, we are being told, Satan cannot prevail against the power and authority of Christ and the good news as the gospel will move to the four corners of the world. And as the church goes forward in presenting the good news on a global scale, God's providence underlines that faith in Jesus will come upon people who may be culturally the most unlikely figures 
in society. In this case, a common Greek woman who was willing to be called a dog will have the joy and the pleasure of being grafted into all the benefits of the covenant of grace that is found in Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can bring this gospel of the kingdom in its victory over sin, death, and the devil. Only trust and belief in Jesus can transform the unclean to be clean. Only Jesus can bring a Gentile fully into the transcendent and eternal nation, the new Israel. What? What a picture of the heart of faith in this Seraphonician woman. Glorious, glorious, is it not? Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, what a tremendous story right before us at this point in the flow of Mark's gospel. How beautiful is the feat that brings the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this case, That is Jesus himself. And this woman responded with incredible faith in the one she called Lord. We ask, O oh God, that as we go forth in our own lives, that you would instill in us the understanding of how faith comes into the world and how faith has come into each one of us. In Christ's name, amen. Let us stand and sing number 88, number 88.
Lord and our God, we are so thankful for the gift that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, the blessings that are in abundance unto us. We ask, O Lord, that you would continue to bless us, thy people, through the gifts that are given by thy flock unto the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. We will worship the Lord our God with our tithes and offerings. Thanksgiving feast after the service this morning. All are welcome to come to be with us. And another thing that I just remember that I did not announce, and I wanted to announce this Sunday as we are taking up the offering, is I just want to commend so much this congregation on last week's deacon's offering for the widows and ministers. It was unbelievable. It, un, it surpassed what we, our goal was by quite a bit. Thank you, congregation, for hearts that want to help those in need. I wanted to say that to you. Thank you. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all forever. Amen.